Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Um, Before we jump in and um, talk about uh, the topic today, I'll get it out. Um, I'm not, I'm leaving that in. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market, bar none. Uh, they are awesome. They rock. Uh, Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. We have uh, a special, quote unquote, special going on right now where we're giving quarterly memberships. We're su- super excited about that. People seem excited about it. Um, and then that maybe maybe come in and join for three months and take a couple of months off. I personally would never leave teachhoops.com, but you have that option and uh, it's great. So go over and check it out, teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Coach Winners and I were talking before we came on. We're going to talk about his book this week. Um, we were talking that everyone, you think everyone's got a book in them. I, I think that's true too. I do. And I think, uh, I, I was, uh, I was amazed at how easy the process was, you know, for me, it was the pandemic started in November. We had no season. Now I've got all this, I don't know if you call it free time, but time that's usually occupied and we're usually really busy. I really just grabbed an iPad and started doing the, the speech to text in the iPad and just idea after idea after idea. And, uh, you know, it started off as just, um, you know, I, the goal was to write the book. I mean, that's what I wanted to do immediately, but I, I was amazed that next thing I know, I haven't even started to really write it. I'm just, just brainstorming. And then when I transferred to a Google doc, I was at like 30,000 words already in the book. Uh, and what, 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 what do you teach again? I teach in the business department. So I teach okay. career development. I teach consumer education. Um, so, okay. you know, during, uh, you know, as soon as school was over the time I'd be going to practice, I just grabbed the iPad. I took the school with me every day, hung out in the classroom and I mean, like I said, that's before I even started developing the chapters. Like that was just brainstorming ideas. So the book ended up being a little over 75,000 words, which translates to 270 pages. And, 
you know, I, my, my, I love, like you, I love helping coaches. You know, I, I just really enjoy that. I, I think if, you know, I love answering questions with coaches and just uh, doing coaching, talking at clinics and, and doing these things with you and, and others. And, and um, so it was really kind of easy to start doing. And, and, you know, my goal was not, you know, do it this way or do it that way. It was just all the, the Q and A that you kind of go through in your mind over how many years, I don't know how many years you've been doing it. I'm at 25 seasons and, and just how I got to where I was. Right. Um, and, it, you know, the book is called The Journey. And, and it wasn't really necessarily you got to get to where I'm at. It's just you got to figure out how to get to where you want to be. And I think the beauty of this game is, is you can look at the same group of guys that I can and you can put together a style and be really good. And I could take the same group of guys and play a totally different style and also be really good. I always use the, I always use the now. It's like it's like um, we could both get the same ingredients and make a make soup, but but I might put more onions in and you might put more. It is interesting how that and you might put more potato, whatever. Yeah, I think that's I, what's I, cool about our game. You know, it's it just, is. I think it's what makes it very unique. Um, I think a lot of coaches were in the same boat as both of us. I got a lot done in in, in I got a lot done in the. Um, in the in the pandemic i'm gonna turn my alarm off i'm the worst when it comes to turning off my phones in my own um in my own podcast uh but anyway um no i think a lot of coaches in the same boat as far as you know having to um having that time and then filling it i still can't believe it was that long ago i mean i got a lot done but i always feel like i could have gotten more done um, yeah, I think I think we're all really ambitious when it started, and then it got really easy to start binging shows on Netflix like everybody else. So you know, right. we all fall in that pattern. I think so. Uh, I I agree. I think I mean I wrote I wrote a, like a kind of a kind of very um, a very G-rated version of a season. I think it was 2009, and I was writing for the newspaper, and then I eventually turned it into a little book. Um, I know my brother wrote a book. I, like I said, I think everybody's got a book in them. It's just a matter of, you know, the only reason I got mine done is I was writing it for our local paper. So it kind of kept me on because I, I don't I'm a math teacher. I like writing, but writing is right. not my thing, to be honest. I, I'm the same way. I'm pretty it comes pretty easy to me, but it's not my favorite thing. But right. But, but then all of a sudden you're writing about basketball instead of, uh, you know, to kill a mockingbird or something yeah. back in high school. <laughs> it's, it's like, it hey, is, this is cool. So. It is true. I mean, yes. I mean, I think my math, my I, I, I wrote for my master's thesis was like one hundred and fifty eight page. It was crazy. I don't think I've opened it since. It was just horrible um, <laughs> right. from a math teacher. It was. So what was the most difficult part of the process? You know, I don't know about difficult, but the thing that really struck me is just how emotional I got at so many points right in the book. Um, I, I really tried to include the entire journey. Like you're going to be, you've got to be able to handle this emotionally. You've got to be able to carry the weight of a community on your shoulders, but not let them know that you're carrying it because you got to be that guy that looks calm, cool, collected, confident, you know, throw all those C words in there and, and, yeah. and have nobody know that you, you don't, you may not believe that, that your game plan is going to work either. You know, we all go through that as coaches. Like it's I, like the duck across the water. You don't use, they look very calm, but if you look yep. below the water, you'd see their feet just like, exactly. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's exactly right. And so, you know, just, just preparing really, you know, some of that's for young coaches, just the emotions involved with it. Um, you know, and then I, just, just reflecting on, I think I've lost uh, six players over the years you know, to a couple of the tragic car accidents, one to a, a shooting, one to a, a drug overdose and just kind of going through like, look, if you're going to, if you're going to do this and you're going to commit to it for a long time, you're going to build these relationships up with, and you're going to lose some people. And it's, it's really hard to describe or understand, uh, you know, when a young person, I'm sure you've been through it when a young person just is tragically taken from us for one, one reason or another. So yeah, I had, I had, some one, of that. 
I had one of the worst ones and I was young when this happened. I was coaching girls volleyball and um, Sarah Wiegert, I never forget her name. And she was on my sophomore volleyball team and I had her in class. Oh, so and I, yeah, so yeah, this no. is, this is, this is what makes it a little bit more unique in the sense that I saw her on Friday. She said, I don't feel very good, Mr. Collins. I'm going home. I just don't feel very good. And I said, okay. And, you know, she asked for, she was asking for her math homework and I gave it to her and um, she's a freshman in high school and um, she was dead by Monday or Sunday. She had acute leukemia. So yeah, there's so this type of pretty far advanced and didn't Yeah, know. it was 24 hours. She was gone in 48 hours, basically. Wow. It was one of it just shook. And this was fresh all the freshman high school in my classroom. And um it shook us, it, it still shakes me. And it's been yeah, 27 it, years. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like yeah, in this process, happens. I've talked to a couple of the parents and stuff and just hey, let them give them a heads up, like, hey, you know, I, I mentioned your your son in the book, and and obviously really positive things and great experiences and and um great memories, but, uh, you know, so there's a little bit of all of that. There's the, the, you know, how I got to where I'm at from a coaching philosophy standpoint, all X's and O's, uh, all that stuff, but, you know, also a lot of culture building and, and just the really just, you know, for you and I, what the journey is all about. So, so, uh, so explain how it's broke, how, how the chapters or how the sections are broken up because so I think the, 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 the title, the title itself lessons from the hardwood could literally be the encyclopedia Britannica. Like you could go through. Right. And it's, it's, and it's my version of that basically right. is what it is from a basketball standpoint. This is just what I've experienced through 25 seasons. And it's, you know, early on in the book, it's, it's really about, um, you know, this is what you're going to have to be prepared for. If you want to coach, you know, the, the highs, the lows, the, how important it is to have a family that's behind you. Um, you know, the, the, being able to handle criticism, I guess, being thick skinned, I guess would be a, a good way to, to describe it. You know, just kind of talking about all those things, talking about some of the challenges we face today, like social media is a challenge for us today. Um, you know, it's a, it's a blessing and a challenge at the same time, I think for all of us. Um, and then just getting into, uh, there's two sections called building the high school program, part one and part two. Uh, one is very specific to building your, your philosophy from an X's and O standpoint. One is more specific to, you know, how you handle everything within your culture, how you build your culture, um, everything from the way we, uh, the way we use statistics in a game, uh, how we evaluate a post game, uh, you know, a post game meeting, just literally taking you through the entire game day experience, uh, the entire culture building experience. And then for, uh, for me, I wanted to include some, some local history. Um, I've, I've been fortunate as I know you have too, you had some great stories coaching against guys like Sean Livingston, uh, Jalen Brunson. Uh, I said, you'll love this. I said this, I wrote this in January, you know, John Shire knocked us out of the state tournament in the final four back in 2005. And obviously associate head coach at Duke. Then I said in the book, I said, you know, and I wrote this in January, but nobody's going to believe me. I said, I think he's going to be the next head coach at Duke. And then obviously we know in the last couple of months, coach K's announced his retirement and they've announced that, that John Shire is going to be the next head coach. So people are going to read it like, Oh, well, you knew that the book came out after it happened, but right. You know, the writing process started a while so, back. So tell so, me about this. This intrigues me. So tell so you're done in January and we're doing this in August. Yeah. So we're, we're eight. Well, so that, that it takes that long for editing and all those yeah. kind of things. So I think um, a few things. First of all, I wasn't quite done in January. Okay. Uh, our season started like the last weekend in January. So I kind of put it on hold for about six weeks. Our season was, we played 14 games over a five week uh, season from start to finish first game to last game, but we had about a week to prepare. So it was a, it was a, a sprint. And how was that? It was uh, 
strangely weird and gratifying all at the same time. Just, just getting to see the kids have an opportunity. Cause that, by that point you're thinking you're seniors and, and you know, I mean, you guys didn't get to play your, your seniors. That's, that's just where your heart's at for your seniors more than anything, you know, all right. of them, but especially the seniors. And so I was grateful for that. We had a nice season. Um, you know, there was no postseason. We had no regional sectional state tournament, anything like that. So our, our league put together a cross overnight the last night, like the, we, we split into two divisions, which we've never done before. And okay. uh, played everybody in our division twice, played everybody on the other side once. And then we had a, a – we made it in the Nick 10 championship game. So – but it was weird. You walk into a championship game, they got the conference traveling trophy there and everything, and there's no fans. I mean, we had 25 parents on each side. That was it. So – Right. Um, you know, it, it, but I think at the same time, I think we just – we just you just take a different perspective. It was just – it was just – we were lucky to be there. We were happy to be there. And uh, the kids competed hard, and that's, that's what it's all about. So um, – so that was, that was tough, but it was, but it was something, you know, like I said, you guys didn't get anything. So it's, uh, you know, grateful for that for sure. Right. Some people got a season, like it just was a normal season too. It's weird. Right. The, the, the yeah. U S was in a, in a weird, in a weird spot. So what would give me three takeaways from this book that you would three, three big takeaways from the book. I think, uh, you know, just the, the roller coaster ride, that is what we do. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I think I wanted to make sure that, coaches knew that because I think, I think many of them come in with these ideas <laughs> and expectations and then you get slapped in the face by a, a parent situation or a, an administrative situation or something. And much like referees, we lose some, some coaches who never really find out if it is what's right for them. I know. I think back to when I was like, Oh my gosh, when I, my first, you, it was, a, it was 32 seasons for me, but yeah. man when I think back to some of those early ones it's like I'm I'm glad I fought through it but it it was it was it was hard <laughs> I was single yeah. so that probably helped well and that helps yeah that definitely <laughs> helps when you're starting off and you know back then when we had to go scout every Friday night that was that was a ton of time and early on in my marriage we were still scouting a lot and I think that that burden has eased quite a bit because of the fact that we can exchange film and do all those things so you know some some coaches will never fully know uh, you know, what, what you and I went through as young coaches. When there yeah. was no huddle, there was no statistical breakdown. Yeah. There was no, like, I tell, I tell the story all the time. It was two VHS tapes. I remember our first yes. apartment. Dubbing. I just, yeah. Dubbing my, I'd go scout. It was just my wife and I, and I'd go into the other room. We didn't, I think we had a one bedroom. I think we had a one bedroom. Anyway, I had a spot to do all my editing and off I'd go for like two hours. I mean, we're like newlyweds. At least like, two hours, yeah. Yeah. Two hours. Um, and then I had 15 tapes, so then I then I had to dub those to give to the boy. It was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wrote some things that I think – I know you've read the book, Stuff Good yep. Players Should Know by, by Dick DiVenzio. Yep. Um, some of it's just like that, like a chapter, maybe a page and a half, but it's just a thought I had to kind of convey to somebody. It didn't really need to be developed a lot. I wrote a page about – so let me let – me, I think – one of my big lessons in the book is that we enter this profession thinking that our team reunions 10 years down the road are going to be about the buzzer beater, the, the, the state championship or whatever, the conference championship and all that stuff. And when I say the kids, when the, the, the grownups get there, the, the, the kids that you coach get there at that reunion, that's not what they talk about. You know, they talk about the bus rides. They talk about when you flipped out on them as their coach and made them run until so-and-so, you know, had to get over the garbage can and, and throw up they uh you know there's just so many of those stories that it's a it's a really strong reminder that everything we use the game for 
is really more important for their, their bigger role down the road, being dads, uh, being leaders in our society, whether you're coaching girls, obviously being moms, um, you know, just, just that's the more important thing. And, you know, I, I actually had to, after the book was done, I had a young man get uh, a former player who was killed in a motorcycle accident. And I told the, the publisher, I said, I want to edit this. I got to put this in there. And it was, it was ironic because the kid had reached out to me. We, we didn't always see eye to eye. He was one of those kids that didn't play a lot for me. He wanted to play a lot. He was a good athlete. But that team I had was just stacked uh, at Jefferson back in the day. We were 6'6", 6'8", 6'10". And um, he just didn't get on the floor much. And, and he was, you know, he, he was still mad about that several years down the road. A month before his motorcycle accident, he reached out to me, hadn't talked to him in a long time. And he said, coach, I just want you to know, I, I get it now. He goes, I, I appreciate everything. And I said, I understand. I see things a lot more clearly now than I did uh, back when I was in high school. And I appreciate everything you did for me. And I was just like, wow, that's, you know, that's really cool. And, and you know how that goes. Those conversations, they, they make you smile because they, they do. They do. The, the hard it. part is that, and I can tell you, I've, I've got guys that played professionally come back and still talk about the buzz. You're right. It's the, it's those little micro things. And sometimes you don't know about them. <laughs> there is a lot of that. And that's, that's a little scary sometimes too, but there is, you just can't be it everywhere. Is. All the, you can't be everywhere all the time. And you that's, can. that's it's like, what happened? What did you, what did you get? What? It's yeah. Like, so you know, it, 15, I figure the statute of limitations is over at that point, but like, they won't get fired. I mean, it's something that bad, but it's like, you no, know, but it's, but it's, but there's definitely some things like, wait a minute. Yeah. What? What? Um, you did what? Like, what you guys, you gotta, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to hear anymore. Um, but you know, Ben Peeler was this is a kid I was talking about and, and gosh, you know, you, you watch the reaction on social media and he was just a great dad and a, a, a brother and a friend to people. And you see that reaction. It's like, you know what? Uh, ben was an average basketball player, but he had a big impact on people's lives. And that's, that's a big thing for me, you know, just, just reminding these young coaches that I, my mindset wasn't there when I was a young kid. I don't know how yours was, but I, I was pretty hardcore on kids. I, I was 20, when I was a head coach, I was 26. And I think I went, I don't know that one of the things I talk about, I don't know. I wish I would go back. If I could go back, I would value relationships more in the beginning. But I think yeah. I tried to be harder on kids because we you were. You got so to remember though age. the generation we grew up. It was a different. It was a it different. It was. it was the Bobby Knight world. It, it was. was a different world. And I, uh, I think I still have a little bit of that in me, but I've I've just evolved and understand that that you know these relationships are are we're given a gift here. Where we're able to get into these kids' lives, and and I went to a wedding last weekend uh, of a player. Um, you know, just seeing the growth in him and and. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's just cool to be a part of those things and be included in those things. So, um, you know, again, that's a big part of the experience, but then we go into culture building, um, you know, how to use your assistant coaches. Uh, I wrote a, a little bit about the kid with the bad attitude. You know, I, I, am a big, I'm a big proponent of if, if somebody tells me that, you know, like, let's say our feeder system, we got an eighth grade kid is pretty good, but uh, coach, you don't want him. He's got a bad attitude. I'm like, let's, let's go watch this kid play. Like I want to see, because you're telling me a 13 year old has a bad attitude. Well, has anybody ever taught him? Like, like, here's what I know. He probably cares a lot. If he's, if he's upset on the court and it's visible, he probably cares a lot. And you and I can't put that in a kid, but we can take that in a 13 year old and teach him how to use it to make not only himself, but his team better. I had, who's, who's I had, a, professional, I had a professional basketball player, Mr. Basketball, which is the best player in our state. And that, yep. and I had a parent tell me bad attitude Watch out for watch out for the parent. But are you kidding me? I love this kid. I love yeah. this kid. He, he's a great kid. But he, he had some growing up to do, and he'd be the first one to admit it now. Sure. 
but, um, but you know, you know 30, I, do too, yeah. I do too. And I'm 47. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've all got, we've all got growth. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the things that it's another thing I talk about, like just the, the, the social media's impact on the recruiting process, the scouting process, and, and how now we think these kids are, we put these kids on a pedestal because of their abilities and their abilities are, are super impressive, but we forget that sometimes, you know, they're, they're 13, 14, 15 years old in this early, early scouting process. And now you see people on social media criticizing these kids and it's like, right. they're, they're kids, like let them grow up a little bit. Um, you know, they definitely got the spotlight shown and shining on them in a different way. The, the recruiting process, scouting thing has always been what it's been, you know, college coaches, you know, there's, there's guys who run scouting services and they send it to college coaches, but now they put it on Twitter too. Right. And you know, that that's where it's changed. And they get street cred because of that. And they don't really have any be like you and I setting up shop to be honest yeah. with you. Well, and that's the thing. Anybody can do that too. Anybody yeah. can, and can just start a scouting service and start writing these reports. So, you know, there's, like I said, there's a, a it, I tried to sample everything you're going to experience in a, in a one year, uh, in a one year kind of stretch, but also throughout your career as a coach, just the highs and the lows. And um, you know, a lot of the off court stuff too. Okay. So who, who is this book for? Like, I, I honestly think it's for anybody who's ever coached and because, okay. you know, you and I can sit down and talk. And I, I think if you have the growth mindset, I think it's for anybody who's ever coached. I think, you know, you and every time I talk to you, you know, I pick something up, like we always kind of go back and forth. So I, oh, I really like that. Send me the after we're done or something like that. And I think uh, when I started going to coaches clinics, it's, it's just different. I still go to clinics, but when I was young, I was writing down everything I saw. And I was just so, so engaged in the X's and O's and, and, you know, even the, the philosophy, it wasn't a lot of philosophy stuff. I think when we were younger, I think that's more like culture building stuff has kind of evolved um, where we talk about culture building and toughness and all that stuff. I don't know if we ever really defined it when we were younger, it's a lot more defined now, but I go to clinics now and it's more about uh, hanging out with my coaches, you know, getting them what they need to learn and grow, but also, you know, finding one or two things that I can implement right now. So I think yep. there's their gold, the PGC thing, they're golden nuggets, man. Yeah. That's all I need is one or two golden nuggets. Um, so, so that may be what you take away, but then the, the, the kid who's, who's 21 years old and coaching his first freshman team may, may take away a ton of stuff. And that was, that was kind of my hope. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I think what's great, I think this is I think that this is why I wanted to get you on real fast when the book came out is because um, I've talked I talk to coaches all over the world on a regular basis because of teach hoops. And it's crazy that first of all, there's a lot of similarities, yep. but there's also a lot of differences, if that makes a lot sense. Of subtle differences, subtle differences like, you know, this one guy I was talking to a coach from Tennessee the other day and, he, and he's a relatively new coach. He, he's having some of the similar questions that I've answered before, but there's enough subtle differences because he's different. His team's different. His community's different. Um, I think that's what makes quote unquote, the journey different for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think and that's, that's why what, I didn't want to say, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. It, it was really like the, the building your offensive philosophy was just a, a bunch of questions. Like, um, you know, if you want to play fast, are you, are, are you the type of coach that goes crazy on every turnover? Because if you're going to teach kids to play fast, you're going to have more turnovers. Are you willing to live with that stuff? 
Um, you know, so it's, it's not, there's really a fine the, line with that. Cause I've had some teams that could play fast and yeah. I am still a turnover. I hate turnover. I am too. So <laughs> it's like you, so I, I think I've evolved. Like I, I used to really struggle with that, but then I, I you just start to realize like there's, there's drawbacks of everything you're going to do, or you just have to learn to be okay with certain things. We're going to play this way. Like we press a lot, but we give up some layups. Yeah. There's, there's, and I tell them there's different types. I, I use the analogy of cheating. Cause I'm a stats teacher. So I, I the, like the first two weeks of school, I will say to them, you're all cheaters. And they go, what do you mean? I go, because I teach seniors. I go, so you've gone through the entire four years of high school and never turned something in that wasn't a hundred percent yours. And they go, what do you mean? I mean, hundred percent yours. Like you didn't copy a homework problem. You ask didn't for one, ask for one answer. Yeah. Something. Yep. You haven't done that in four years. By the time I get to that, maybe it's one or two kids. I go, so we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the spectrum of cheating. Do I really think it's cheating if you ask a friend for a homework question? No, for me, it's not. But it's not your work, so it is cheating. Now, if you come into my office and 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 um, and break into my filing cabinet and take the final exam and then give it to every, that's a, that's much worse than copying someone's homework. There's a spectrum. I think for you and I, there's a spectrum of type of turnovers too. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I try to teach them is. There's a difference between this turnover when the game's tied and it's, you know, there's 33 seconds left and, you know, and you made a silly pass, then, you know, just make you throw one long on a fast break and it bounces off the following wall or somebody, whatever, we can get back and play defense. There's different types. Early in the game, aggressive mindset stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's selfish, you know, maybe being too unselfish sometimes. There's a, and the stat sheet doesn't show that. The stats right. shows a turnover. So I said, there's a difference types. There's of a turnover. story with each one. There really yes. is. There's a, and I think that's hard with, with trying to get kids to understand that your, your basketball IQ, you know, we use that term a lot. I don't know how much you use that term, but just understanding like you're the, the, you know, good shot, bad shot first quarter versus fourth quarter, very different. And, you know, obviously the score dictates a lot of that and the opponent and all those things. So just, and, and the thing is, if you got hoopers and they have a basketball IQ, you can win. I'm yeah. telling you, hundred percent. You know, and, and you and I don't even have to be great that. athletes. It, it can be skilled players that who maybe aren't great athletes, but have a high IQ can can really close the gap on somebody that's a more talented athlete. So again, we're we're getting back into things that really make our our game so great. I think I know it does, especially so, at the high school level. It, yes, well, I the high school level is the purest this game is, in my opinion. It's one of the reasons I don't want the shot clock, but that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Uh, what do you think um, is the one thing that you would look for um, from this book? Like if you're, if you're, you know, you're reading it or something like that. First of all, is it an audible? I'm working on that. Not yet. It hasn't been released on that. That's kind of strange recording your own book, by the way. And I've got two, uh, I've got two former players who are now college head coaches. Okay. And they both wrote the forward for me. They each wrote a, a short forward for me. Okay. And uh, try reading that when somebody writes something about you and then reading it, recording it. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm a few chapters into it. And that was kind of the next step in the process. Uh, so I'm going I'm to I'm gonna, I'm gonna push you on that because I'm going to tell you most of my books that I read. And you, I mean, I'm in a library full of books. I see. Yes. is audible. And, and, and I'm not pushing audible, but I'm pushing... The, the audio book, the reason is I can go out and mow my lawn and I can yep. listen to your book. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And that, that definitely was a thought process and, and just kind of learning to get, get through the rest. And, of this and it's an interesting process as far as trying to get it like edited and that that's probably well, even harder in some respects. You know, the hard part, you being a, somebody who records podcasts and things and, and trying to record the audible version of it is the dog barks once in a while or right. the doorbell rings once in a while and you're in, you're 10 minutes into a file and it's like, all right, delete. Let's start over again. Let's start over. See the podcast. Um, I don't have to start over. An audible book. Well, yeah, you can edit it. it a little more. It's harder to edit the, um, you know, when you're reading chapter by chapter, and some chapters are short and sweet, some are a little longer. And how um, do you how do you do you break it up by chapters? Is that what you have to do? Yeah, each file has to be a certain size, so they can't take a file that's bigger than a certain size. So you have to. It, it, you know, they give you some. They give me some pretty good parameters. The other hard part is you've got to stay from a decibel level. You've got to stay in a certain range the whole, almost the whole time. And it's like, okay. so you so it, it took a while to get going is what it took. Cause you had to try to set up the kind of the perfect parameters before you really started. So that, that introduction the first time took a while, just because you're, you're looking at, I was able to, you know, you can use things like audacity and stuff. I was able to sit there and kind of watch and, and, and see the, you know, what decibel level you're at just kind of makes some. I would think early, I would think late night or early morning is probably your best, huh? Yeah. I think early morning is probably the best or, you know, the, my family's pretty good. Like, oh, we're going to, we got to go shopping anyways. We'll leave for a little while and give you some time to do it. And then shoot, I went and left on, we finally hit end of summer. So end of summer for us is uh, softball nationals. I coach girls softball too, for my daughter's team. Uh, then we hit Florida for a week and then we came back for about a week. And my wife and I went to New York city just recently for our 20 year, uh, 20th anniversary. So uh, so I got to get back to it. Long story short, I've been slacking. <laughs> All right. I'm going to push you on that. All right. So last question, which is what I was leading to one takeaway from this one big takeaway from the book, the process, the writing and that kind of stuff. I will put this down in the show notes. So anybody that's listening to this or, or watching this or doing whatever, I will put a link down below um, so you can find coach. I'll even put coach's contact stuff. So if you want to get a hold of them. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I will I do that, that for sure too. Yep. Yeah, I love I love hearing from from coaches and, and trying to help just just as you do. Um, my biggest takeaway is this: are as much as we love winning, and anybody that knows me and a lot of your listeners may not know me, I'm as competitive as they get. Like I, I, I I'm I'd put my family, I put my family. We can't play board games in my family. I believe it. I, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, as much as I love winning, I'm at that point, I'm 47 years old. I've been doing this for 25 years. I started when I was really young, obviously, um, even had a couple years off in there. Every year I value uh, my relationships with my players more. Every year I value seeing them raise their kids, um, you know, to seeing them be leaders in our, in our community. And I realize, uh, you know, there, I've had some great moments from, from a, a win standpoint, you know, uh, in my life and my career. I've been very fortunate to coach some really great players, but I'm realizing more and more that's not the impact. That's not the legacy. Uh, the legacy is just the opportunity to, to lead every day, to model how to be a great dad, how to be a great husband, how to be a great teacher or whatever it is you choose to be in life. And that's where the greater impact is. And we sometimes put way too much on a win or a loss. Um, and there's so much more in there. And, and one of the things that I, I, you know, I talk about in this and, you know, for me, I've always said, we're going to evaluate the performance, not the result. I think we're results are society has told us that results are important. And that's what we're judged on, which is crazy. Right. right. <laughs> But it's got to be a byproduct of just doing things the right way day in and day out. It's just, you know, we're, we're not showing up to win a game. We're showing up to win this trip down the floor, whether that be getting a stop or rebound or, or getting a, a 
bucket or getting to the free throw line or just breaking it down into, you know, micro, uh, just, just smaller pieces and, and tackling life that way. I think life can be overwhelming when you look at the big picture. Um, I think you need to be able to step back and see the big picture, but then you need to be able to, to zoom in and, say, and, and understand how you get from point A to point B. And I think that's, uh, that's more or less the, the main goal in this book is just, just seeing that big picture, but then being able to uh, make it so it's not overwhelming. You know, how do we chip away today? What do we take away today? Um, and then just so many of the nuggets that I've, I've borrowed over the years, it could be, I mean, you may see one or two of yours in there because you and I have talked a lot of since, especially since the pandemic has started and, uh, you know, so many other great coaches that I've had the opportunity to be influenced by. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's what it is. Like, you, you know, basketball, we had this conversation where you're describing something. I'm like, I'm not really sure what that is. You tell me what it's called and I'm not really sure what it is. And you describe it. I'm like, oh yeah, we, we, we call it this or, you know, but it's, there's this, it's almost like a different dialect of the same language, right? Oh, and, it is. It's, it's, it's crazy so how that, that works. And then, and then, um, I think, you know, the one takeaway for me from being in this journey is I just remember some of those early losses. You would have thought I ran a dog over with the car kind of right. thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I think you shut everybody out. And, and I do talk about, you know, that's another thing that like, like Friday nights, I don't game night. I don't watch film on game night anymore. I don't know where you're at on that. I don't, I don't watch it at all on game night anymore. I sleep I, really well Thursday night if we play on Friday, cause I can't do anything anymore. Yeah. yeah but back in the day you didn't right no back in the day it was like i'm gonna find this one thing that's it's like it's not gonna really no it's and, not and it, again that's what i'm trying to get some younger coaches to realize like there's only so much you control friday nights now i, I keep saying friday we play wednesdays and friday but game night we take i take my assistant coaches and my family and we just we go out afterwards you right. know we, we we eat pizza we order a couple drinks or whatever it is but, um, you know, we can't fix anything that night. Find, a good, a, place, find a good place that the parents aren't hanging out at. That's my advice to young coaches. Do yeah, not hang out where the parents are normally. For not this. on game night, especially. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm still friends with some some great parents over the years. But, you know, there's just too much emotion tied to that that 24 hours after a game. And, and yeah. uh, you know, your emotion may not be their emotion. And that's when it's really frustrating is when you're on a high after a win. But then there's a kid or a parent who's on the low because uh, – yeah. maybe selfish i don't know if selfish reasons are right right they're just no it, it's not you can't like my my advice to the young coaches is you can't be rational with an irrational person and right. parents are not rational i'm Especially, not rational about my kids i'm not rational i love my kids i'm not rational about them it's like right. so it's like I, once I, once someone told me that little tidbit, it's like, I never get like, I, when parents are getting mad at me, it's like, they're not being, it's, I don't, they love their kids. It's like mama bear. They're going to attack you <laughs> rather than let anything happen to the Cubs. It's right. Like, and, and now with, you know, now with, now with this, with AAU and travel stuff, not only to do, are they that mindset, but they're also entitled because they've spent so much money. Like, I don't think you understand how much money we've spent. Well, it's still, I, I can't make my decisions from a coaching standpoint based on how much money you spend on your kid growing up. Like I've got to still look at this objectively and, you know, make those decisions. So I know. All right, coach, thank you so much for being on. Um, and I will put on down below the journey lessons from the hardwood. Um, I will put the link down below in all of coaches' contact information. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, thanks, guys. And don't forget to check out the website, www.coachwinners.com. You can order it directly from there. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I know you're going to hit all that in the show notes. So, Steve, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And uh, fingers crossed. That, things that was good. Well. You got that in You got that in right away at the end. I'm going to give you an A on that. Most people I'm learning. Don't get that I'm learning. <laughs> you're learning. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe, like, Jump up and down, review, do whatever you got to do. Um, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great
Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.